When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is gold. Basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball gold. Hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. He is Mike Fratello, NBA head coach with the Memphis Grizzlies, Cleveland Cavaliers, Atlanta Hawks, color analyst now with the Los Angeles Clippers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm Jeff Phelps from 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland, longtime Cleveland broadcaster, back when Mike was coaching. Had fun doing that way back then. Hello, sir. Where are you today? Lovely Salt Lake City. I came in off the slopes this morning to. Nice. Be able to do this show. It was uh, 35 degrees, sunny. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful day out here in Salt. That's- this is a great Salt Lake City is a great city. Obviously, you know that I'm kidding about skiing because I couldn't stand up on a ski or skis without falling down. So uh, I, I watch people do that, and I'm amazed. And I have absolutely not one ounce of hoping I could do that. I have no interest in ever skiing. Uh, I couldn't be more with you. I've never been on skis in my life, and I don't think I've missed anything, though I do enjoy watching it. Trying to keep my legs intact the way they are right now, good enough as they are. You've done a fine job with that. Between the the two of us, we have one real hip left, so that's (laughs) we'll we'll keep everything where it is. As we speak, you're in Salt Lake City. And the Cavaliers are getting ready to play the Memphis Grizzlies later on this evening. Uh, it's a an interesting situation for them. Grizzlies are hot. They've won 10 straight games. Cavs are sitting in fifth place in the Eastern Conference right now. They're tied with Brooklyn. They're obviously doing some things with Kevin Durant out with an injury. And the Cavs are on the road tonight, Mike, where they've had trouble 9-13. and 13, And no Donovan Mitchell out with a groin injury. First of all, let's start with Donovan Mitchell groin injury out tonight Cavs are two and three without Donovan when he doesn't play in a game what do you do because he's been phenomenal you go to the next man up philosophy that you preach from day one as a coach so that everybody in the locker room understands that's why the always stay ready line is always delivered by head coaches because there are nights you just don't know and you turn and you look down the bench and you point and you say, it's your turn tonight. And that's your chance to showcase what you can do when the team really needs you. Uh, so whoever it is that they elect to pick up the minutes, and sometimes it's not quite as easy as you think because logic is, say, okay, let's take 
the sixth man and move him up now. But then what does that do uh, to the second unit? Sometimes it disrupts that group. Depending on who the matchup is, you might have somebody that's better against one team than it would be against another team. Uh, all those things factor in of what you're missing, and you're missing a, a huge piece. But I'm going to knock on wood right here, okay? And that's not my head, Jeff. Don't make a joke <laughs> out of that. Um, that the Donovan Mitchell games that he misses are small in comparison to what a lot of teams have to go through throughout the season with one of their premier players missing a lot of time. And I happened to do some games for that other team, the Los Angeles Clippers, and their head coach, Ty Lue, who we remember from the championship year. Very fondly, and we thank him every day. Ty Lue every day gets up and really doesn't know who's playing tonight in the game because he has to wait for the medical report between Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who don't play back-to-back games. So here they played last night at home against Philadelphia, lost 120-110, fly, get into Salt Lake City about 2 a.m. in the morning, and now have to play at 7 o'clock tonight against Utah, who was resting. And he knows already he will not have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard because they don't play back-to-back games. Mm. So coaches are manipulating these things all the time. And for Utah, it's a good night because a guy named Markinen, who I think you may remember from Cleveland, Laurie Markinen, is finally coming back to play for them tonight. He's been missing, and they've been struggling because he's been missing. So there is some kind of connection between really, really good players missing the game and the teams struggling somehow. What you just said, Mike, about the Clippers and Ty Lue with Kawhi Leonard and with Paul George, I think might stick in people's heads when we think about Donovan Mitchell. As you said, we all hope that it's not a long absence for Donovan, but he's been so good not just for the Cavs, but on an NBA level. You know, we've thrown out MVP with, with his name, and, and rightfully so. You don't want to push this. Right? A groin injury can linger, and you don't want that to happen. Are you willing to bite the bullet if you're a team, Mike? And, and not just the Cavs in this situation, but, man, I, I would think you want to get him right before, you, you know, you even put him back out on the floor. The Cavs play Memphis tonight. Then they're home back-to-back Friday, Saturday, Tuffy against Golden State and Milwaukee. And Mike, if you if you had to bite the bullet on on three or four games here, that's better than trying to nurse something all season, isn't it? It's really a tough decision to make because you have the medical staff who helps out to a certain extent, and they can read MRIs, they can read x-rays in the case of broken bones, those types of things, uh, and take you so far with the decision that you should sit out for this period of time. But in actuality, the player knows when he's ready to go, how he feels. And the other side of it is medical staffs that have to fight players from hurting themselves because they're Mm. too anxious to get back too soon. So to the point that the medical staff can see this particular injury, whatever it might be, a groin in this instance with Donovan, it's not ready. They can see that by the x-rays, by the MRIs, whatever they had taken, stretching exercises that he can or cannot do, they know to say, no, you're not ready yet, you can't come back yet. But when that, to them, is to the point that they can't read anything else, so they have to turn to the player and say, how do you feel? 
And then it's the player who says, I'm ready to go. I know I can go. Well, it's a little tender right now. Maybe I better wait another day. Yeah. You wait another day. You don't want him to go out there and re-injure that thing. That's for sure. The Cavs, and this comes into play here, I think, Mike. Donovan out. Cavs are fourth in the NBA in starter minutes played. And I, I know we've talked about that a little bit. And JB is doing what he has to do to win basketball games. We all get it. We all understand it. Before tonight's game with Memphis, the productivity off the bench, it, it's, it hasn't been, I'm sure, what JB would like it to be. They're 24th in bench minutes. But 28th in bench scoring, Mike. So you're going to have to take somebody from that bench, put him in Donovan's spot, which weakens the bench a little bit. Can you ride your starters? And, and do you have to do that against a team like Memphis? I would think you do. You know, a team that's won 10 straight games, they're hotter than Blazes, and then Golden State and Milwaukee coming up. It's just I, it, kind of a precarious situation, I think, when your best guy, Donovan Mitchell, goes out and what's been a little, uh, I'll say, unproductive for lack of a better word, maybe bench now gets taxed a little bit more. Well, the same thing has happened with the Clippers because of the number of the games that the key guys are missing, that bench group has to step up, move up into the first unit, which weakens their second unit for the first time in a long time in last night's game against Philadelphia their second unit was outscored by Philadelphia's second unit. And mm. it was surprising when I saw the box at the end of the game. I looked there right away to see what the productivity had been. And it's unusual when the Clippers bench is outscored because they have a deep roster very similar to the Cavaliers. Uh, sometimes you get two or three guys in a group that struggle at the same time, and it makes such a huge difference. You know, Kevin Love, we know what kind of shooter Kevin Love is. Uh, right now going through a little bit of a, a tough stretch here where shots just aren't falling for him. And then Jetty may lose his confidence every now and then because if his minutes go backwards, then he feels maybe the coach isn't satisfied with what he's doing. And, you know, they've played Jetty at the beginning of the year and really trusted him, and he's been very productive. But I don't want to see Jetty, and I'm hoping he doesn't, get back to what's happened the last couple of years with, down the backstretch that last third of the season, he's not close to being as productive as he's been in the beginning of the season. They need him. And as far as the minutes, are they loading up minutes? I, I think, you know, we're so careful now with watching how many minutes the players play. Uh, we sometimes go overboard on that. If a coach is playing players too many minutes to where they jeopardize them getting injuries because of it, that's one thing. But let's think back all the years of the NBA and how many players played 38 to 42 minutes every night. Yeah. And it didn't hurt any of them. And I don't think they've changed what the courts are all about. So they're not landing on cement now as they were landing on wood years ago. So I think that's more like, it's like pitchers in baseball now can only throw X number of pitches. So they only go five and a half, six innings. And then they're out. Yeah. Even if they're pitching a great game, yeah. they're out because of their arm. Meanwhile, it was a, a badge of honor to do a complete game in baseball years ago. Now, who does complete games anymore? Come on, give me a break. Yeah. So it's, it takes true. five pitchers to finish one game now, even if you have a three-run, four-run lead, because everybody has a spot. 
you're the sixth inning guy, you're the seventh inning guy, yeah. you're the closer. You know, it's so the same thing's happening in other sports. And if if we told our guys every day, listen, to earn your money, you're gonna have to play a minimum of 36 minutes every night. Now there you go. I yeah. don't know how many would vote. No, you keep my money. I don't want to play 36. I can't do that. I, yeah. I think they'd find a way. I think you're right. You mentioned Kevin Love and, and a shooting slump for Kevin. And Mike, I am so hopeful that he's just bothered by that thumb injury that he had earlier in the season. And it's not quite right because these his numbers are, are a little concerning and frightening. Uh, his scoring average last year was 13.6 points a game when he did a really nice job coming off the bench. He's down now to 8.8 points per game on this season. And I found, and, and his minutes are actually about the same, and the rebounding is about the same. But Kevin's scoring this year, and I found this st- a little startling, is down every month from 11.7 in October, 9.9 in November, 8.2 in December, and now six points a game so far in January. And he injured that thumb in, in late November, I believe is when it was. And the minutes are up in January here, but that scoring is way down and he's shooting 18% on three pointers here in the month of January, excuse me, 16.7, I think he's a hall of fame player, Mike, and he's been a tremendous player throughout his career. How do you give a guy like that the benefit of the doubt and think, all right, maybe it's just his thumb and he's working through something and having to deal with this because I think he's too good of a player to think that he's done. Jeff, refresh my memory. The thumb that was broken was the right thumb. Correct. Shooting hand. That's a shooting hand. So the first thing you have to do with a broken thumb is catch the ball. When somebody's passing you the ball and they're not just tossing you, okay, uh, a a soft, okay, cotton ball. Yeah. Passing you that leather ball blown up with nine pounds of air. Fast. Catch that with defenders all over you. Once you catch it and get past that pain, then you go to the next stage, teeing it up and trying to get a shot off. And it also may limit his ability to put the ball on the floor, two or three dribbles, and get to places that he would normally be able to do. And Kevin was very good at making his free throws when he would get fouled. I'd be curious with those numbers that you were talking about, how much has his free throw shooting dropped since the beginning of of the season to where we are right now? I have that for you. You want it? Great. Um, October, 87%, 85% in November, 91, 92% in December. And here in January, it's 91%. But how many attempts each month? That's, I mean, I, uh, can, I can shoot 90% on two free throws or three. I better I'll bet you could. <laughs> um. He's averaging about the same, Mike. The November was the big month, 2.8 free throws per game. Here in January, it's 1.4. In December, it was 0.9. So maybe not quite as aggressive, you know, since that thumb injury in going to the basket or doing some other things, yeah. And remember, when you shoot the foul shot, you're not having to catch the ball first. No. Unless, Unless the referee is firing a pass to you from under the basket out to the foul line when you get the foul shot. And you can yell at him if he does. So that's good. We'll throw the ball back to him. (laughs) And get a (laughs) T. Yes. This has been Basketball Gold. 